you want really good coffee to take on your next adventure, use CS Instant Coffee. You can find out more about them at csinstant.coffee. And she looked at me and she said, what do you do when you begin to feel despair coming on? And I thought, my gosh, my 11 year old just looked at me and said, how do I do battle with despair when it's coming at me? And I said, I I don't know. This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, where we hear stories of adventure from every corner of the planet. We interview all sorts of folks who are using their sport to explore the world around them and give you the inspiration you need to get out there and have some fun. Do you feel like you're in a place in life where you can't do an adventure for whatever reason, whether, uh, you know, your family's too big or, you know, you're married now? I definitely had that feeling. Even, you know, having our first kid, it, it does feel like it changed things, changes things. But in all honesty, it really doesn't. And today we're talking to some folks who kind of took all those excuses and threw them out the window and said, we're going to do it anyway. They had four kids or have four kids and all the way from 11 to 17 years old decided to figure out a way to do schooling or postpone schooling on the road and through hike the entire Pacific Crest Trail. And that's the Strawbridge family. And what's cool about them is that, you know, they it, was, it wasn't easy for them, of course. It's not going to be easy for any family of six to get out there and through hike for six months. But they had to face a lot of financial um, hardship first and get through some financial stuff. But one of the things they really talk about or really uh, iterated and what I want to reiterate is the fact that keeping your bills low, getting out of debt, unnecessary debt, you know what I mean, um, to make adventure possible, and how cheap of a vacation hiking and uh, adventure-based vacations can be for folks with larger families. And so I do want to say that, you know, that's one thing that's helped me accomplish my adventures is keeping my bills as low as possible, paying cash for kind of junker cars and, you know, keep it, we live in a very cheap place, uh, you know, very, uh, a fixer upper essentially that we've worked on and, and we, we keep all our debt low, um, other than the house essentially. And that allows us when something pops up that we really want to do, we're able to do it. I know it's going to be different from every for everybody, but uh, you know, take the advice from the Strawbridge family. They started out in a very bad position and worked their way towards a good position. And as a way to celebrate, went and did this Pacific Crest Trail, and inspired them so much that they're going to want to do the other two trails. And this summer specifically, they're going to be doing the Continental Divide Trail, which basically follows the Continental Divide all the way from Canada to Mexico, and they'll be going north to south. And then the next summer, they'll most likely do the Appalachian Trail to finish it off. They finish off the Triple Crown, that is. But today we're going to hear from specifically within the family is Vince and Monica, which are dad and mom, and then Georgie and Aiden, the youngest and the oldest of the children. So pretty cool perspectives. Uh, They're just such a great group of folks to talk to. Loved having having them on, and I hope it inspires you and your family to get out there and go do something, you know, whether it's something for a day or two or, you know, six months to a year. Get out there and make it happen. So uh, you can find out more about them at strawbridgetreks.com or it's also, I think, trek2650.com. 
And they're also very active on Instagram. But all that stuff is in the show notes. Please check it out and to follow along their journey. They're doing, like I said, the Continental Divide Trail this summer, and they're all raising money for different charities through their hikes. All of them chose one they want to support. So if you feel led to do that, please check out their website and do that there. All right, enough of me blabbering on. Let's get to the episode. I, people are people have heard a little bit from the intro, but you know, everyone, welcome to the show. Vince, Monica, Georgie, and Aiden, welcome. Thank you for being on the show. All right. Well, thank you for having us. We're excited to be here. Awesome. So, you know, obviously, I'm sure you've heard it a million times. I'll try not to ask the same questions that everyone I'm sure asks, but we just got to know where did this idea come from? How, how did how did a family of six just just do this? It obviously started very small. And, and what was that like? What was that experience? Monica, I'm sure you want to tell. <laughs> um, well... I think it started with an idea that I had always wanted to hike the Appalachian Trail, mm. but I assumed it would need to be after the kids were all out of the house. And I don't know, I guess we were talking about it or something, and, and Vince kind of started thinking, and he, he kind of suggested, or he kind of just came up with this, you know, why why can we do it with, when, when they're with us? Why don't we try to do it when they're with us? So, yeah, he... He kind of had the crazy idea to try that. Wow! How how long ago was that idea? Well, it was it was I would say it may may go even further back than that. We've always sort of had a, a throw the kids in the in the truck and drive them around and take them with us to places, even though it slows us down a little bit. Uh, but what Monica's saying is right. Like she had a friend, and she and her friend were talking about doing the Appalachian Trail after the kids were gone. Uh, and it happened to be a friend of ours um, who really got us into uh, got us into hiking in the first place. Their family did. Um, we were at a I, I, I jump into industries right as they're going down. So I, I went out to Cisco right as the tech bubble was bursting. And then I came home to Florida right as the the uh, housing market was crashing. And so um, we got, kind of got caught short in the in the housing market crash, and owed a lot of subcontractors money, and and needed to pay them back. Really had a sense that that was important because um, I had borrowed some, you know, built some house on houses on credit and owed them a lot of money. Um, and so with that feeling of good night, I got to pay all these people back. We got to buckle down, um, and 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 live lean. Uh, it, there wasn't a lot of room for vacations. And so the dream of vacations was sort of out there in front of us and, and, and just didn't have much to do, but we had these friends that loved backpacking and camping. Well, I, I say backpacking, I would call it more camping now that I know a little better because we carried like cast iron stoves back yeah. a mile and a half to set up base, <laughs> base camp and all sorts of silliness. And so, so we would go camping with them four or five days at a time and it wouldn't cost anything. And so I felt really good about doing that. Um, it was just a cheap way to get out and spend time with, with the family. And we ended up really loving it. Um, so that sort of one thing led to another kind of business. And then all of a sudden we went, what was it, 2000, I want to say 17, summer of 17, we went up to the Smokies 
and we hiked the loop hike out of uh, um, out of just above Lake Fontana. And the kids just got stronger each day. Um, and I looked at Monica the last day, and I was like, "My gosh, these kids! These kids can't walk. Like, we ought to think about bringing them. You know, we ought to. Why don't think about that through hike that you're dreaming about and incorporate the kids." Um, and one of the really cool things for us was that it was sort of coinciding with, um, sort of so coinciding with us getting out of debt, um, for those, you know, for, from, from a long time before. So it was kind of a fun sort of celebration to consider an experience like that. Um, so of course, then you, then you sort of think if we're going to do a big through hike, it's going to be one big long through hike. Um, we, sh- and it's only going to happen once in our lives. Why, why wouldn't we make it something out west that's a little more unfamiliar to us? Because the Appalachian Trail is something that we have access to so readily, being you know being just you know ten hour drive away. So, I think that was a great choice. You know, the the, the AT is close, PCT is like oh, I don't know. It just seems like the, the 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 crown jewel to me for sure. I don't know why, but I just guess I just love the Sierras and that west side. So. So the idea, you had the idea, and you, you, you guys started realizing that you like to backpack, like to camp. W- was anyone hard? Was it hard to convince anyone in the group that that this was going to be a good idea? <laughs> oh, I threw a tantrum the first day. <laughs> <laughs> and who? And who's this? Is this Aiden? This is Aiden. Okay. The tantrum. Why <laughs> did you throw back. a tantrum? <laughs> well, I've been homeschooled for four years. And in middle school, and then I went to high school, and I had made all these friends. And I was two years into high school, and Dad's like, "Hey, why don't we like take you away from all that, <laughs> your new home and your new friends, and uh, why don't we pull you away from that and put you on a trail with a bunch of dirt and a <laughs> and your family, and that's it." <laughs> yeah, that is that does sound really crazy. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> to a lot of people your age. And part of it part of it was the fact that I was in the IB program, which is a very like single track, like you you have to take a test to get in as a freshman. And if you step out of the program, you can't step back in. So I was hesitant because I knew that if I stepped out and essentially took a gap year in high school, then I would be coming back to the class of twenty twenty one which I should, according to my age, be graduating with the class of 2020. So that was going to be hard to see my friends graduate a year ahead of me. And that was probably my biggest concern was, gosh darn it, I'm going to miss out on friends. That is difficult. That's very difficult. You know, it's, it's, and, and I'm sure, you know, in that area, not, not nothing against Central Florida, but I'm sure the PCT isn't on a lot of people's minds from day to day like it would be no. in, in somewhere else that's a little more adventurous. Try, I mean, I can say that because I lived there for six years, but um, yeah. it had to be a factor. Yeah. Not like any of our friends were like, oh, we can't, you get to go on the PCT? <laughs> right, they were like, what is that? What is that? You're going backpacking for six months? Are you serious? <laughs> it was not not (laughs) yeah i think she even had a couple of her friends uh suggest that she emancipate herself (laughs) oh my god (laughs) so what but she she came around she came around okay it came around and now man i just I, i just think like 
kids are in school. Like I, we hear it over and over again. Like oh, I've got to do it before or after. I guess what gave you the confidence to say, let's do it right now. Let's do it this year in, in figuring out school and all that. Like what, what do you think was, cause, cause you had to just be, feel like you were on an Island a lot of the times with this idea. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the confidence, I think Vince should be the one to speak about that. But I, the, the other ones are the other the bottom three kids are homeschooled still. And so I knew that, we could take, you know, five months and make it up, you know, come back, start school and make it, make it up during the next summer. So it was hard for sure to think about getting off schedule, but I didn't feel like we would, um, you know, suffer, they would suffer too much as far as missing school. I I knew that we could make it, make up the time. Now, Aiden, who had to come out of high school, that was, that was harder to think about. Um, She did get permission from her principal because she loved the idea so much um she really did something special for her and said that she could come back to the program but she would have to be you know a year behind which Aiden is a special kid and that you know ended up being okay sounding to her so but the confidence to do it I think was all Vince so good Vince well, well <laughs> sure yeah I I I I didn't ever really doubt. I mean, you know, so many people when you say, I mean, well, let me put it, I'll say, I guess I'll answer that two ways. My uncle called me uh, and he said, what are you saying to people that think this is a really stupid idea? And, And I said, nobody's really saying that to me. And he said, well, you're not talking to the people I'm talking to then. So, so <laughs> yeah. I didn't run into I didn't run into a lot of that. What I tended to run into was when I would tell people about the idea, which felt a little strange to speak it out loud. You know, like, you know, it's one thing to think about. And I honestly think I went to the principal with sort of an anticipation that she would say no. And I would get to have some relief and say, well, I would have done this crazy thing, except uh, that we couldn't figure it out for Aiden in terms of her education. Uh, But one of the ways that people would respond, and it was pretty typical to have them respond this way, would be to say, the education that they'll get out there, they cannot get in any other way. Like the experience of life will educate them better out there, even if you don't crack an audiobook or do anything. Um, and that 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 didn't, you know, I didn't I didn't rely on them saying that. I believed it, and I believed it from the start. I really think there's something to be said for um, the experience that is so grueling that has elements of suffering that has the togetherness um, that has the planning and the, and the perseverance and just everything that's wrapped up in it. Um, Just the experience of nature too. I just think, um, I just think the hooks that they now have to hang information on from the experience of that trail are so significant that, um, that it is as significant as anything they could have done here. Uh, And I, I sort of had the assurance that that was true from the start. Time for a quick message break. CS Instant Coffee is definitely the best instant coffee I've ever had. In fact, just out of convenience and how good it tastes, I decided 
for the last year, I've been taking it on every single adventure I go on from backpacking to bike tours, uh, just from convenience sake, it's really high quality and it keeps me from having to take a bunch of other equipment out in the woods, Uh, but it's not just for going out on adventures. My wife actually takes some to work every single day with her. She takes a couple packs, uh, to refill her coffee mug, uh, as a teacher. She doesn't have a ton of time to, um, have to, you know, make fresh coffee all the time. So she just needs a little hot water, can pour the coffee in and she's ready to go for her next class and not waste a lot of time. So if you're crunched for time in your job, uh, I would definitely suggest giving it a shot because they have been huge supporters of the show for the last year. And I really appreciate everything they've done for us. And it would mean a lot to me to go support them. So if you're interested, go to csinstant.coffee and uh, support those who are supporting the show. It would go a long way. Thank you. All right, let's get back to the episode. That is, first of all, 100% correct. And what, what a, you know, kudos to that principle for seeing that and for having, you know, the ability to say, okay, this is definitely out of the box, but what an opportunity for your kids and your whole family. And, you know, guys, I I don't know how you feel. My parents took me out West when I was 12, 13, and I, I didn't think much of it at the time, but it changed my life. And what an opportunity. I'm sure a lot of people have already told y'all that. But, uh, you know, Georgie being the youngest, is Georgie there? Georgie's mm-hmm. right here. How did you feel about it? What did you think about the idea? Were, were you excited or, or nervous about it? How did it feel to you? Um, I don't really remember all that much, but <laughs> I remember not liking it at first. <laughs> and then um, slowly as it got like closer and closer it, you start to like it started to grow on you and i don't know you started to just like get excited about it i'm i'm sure you saw it in a different way just what w- was going to be exciting about it and and what wasn't going to be exciting about it was different than what your parents probably were were thinking about but wrap, i honestly can't even wrap my head around this to be just to just to go out and do it like that so you know with with planning and everything you know, what, what, what was that like? What was it just getting it together? Were there times that you were laying in bed and thinking, what have we decided to do? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Still feel that way? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How much of the bit. planning did you do though, Georgie? I, I, yeah, that was all dad and mom <laughs> and probably a little bit of age, but I didn't see that. <laughs> all right. Well, mom and dad, how, how did that feel to you? I uh, I would say that I felt exactly the way that you're describing. Like, what have we done? What have I committed myself to until we walked into Portland, having walked through all of Washington? Like, it took me that it took me that long to be comfortable with with it. Uh, but yeah, you just you just have this sense. And I would call my brother. My brother actually lives out there in Denver with you. I would call him and I would say it's two o'clock, and it just felt like. I hit a wall every day at two o'clock in the planning of it where I would think, what on earth have I bitten off? This is so insane. I can't believe I've, I've, I've done this because, you know, you just need so many things to come together, food, resupply, gear, um, all these things. And you're still trying to do life in the middle of all of that. And so I did have this sense of being, and we were not, uh, if you can picture novice backpackers, that's who we are. We had completed one 64 mile hike. Uh, before we committed to it and nothing longer than that i don't think we'd spent longer than three or four days out in the woods at a time before we committed to this hike um so it's not like we really had a sense of 
and what we were doing, it was just kind of like we had this zany idea and we were then going to have to pull it off. So, so all that to say, I would call my brother and I'd say, I've hit the wall. I just, now I don't believe it. I had five conversations this morning with more, with people where I was so excited about the trail, so excited what we were doing, but all of a sudden I'm thinking, what a fraud. I'm not, we're not going to, who am I kidding? We can't do this thing. So what got you through that wall every day? Um, friends, people. I mean, when, when people believe with you, in you, in an idea, you just, you know, we, we, we're not ashamed. We're not, we're not very ashamed to rely on other people. Um, and so, so I would call my brother, he would encourage me. I'd call my uncle, he would encourage me. Um, and I'm a generally optimistic person. Um, and so it was an uncommon experience for me, um, to have to sort of reach out to people and say, Hey, is this, can I pull this off? Should I do this? Um, and they would, they were all very encouraging. Oh, let me say it this way. Um, somebody, somebody, uh, Monica said to me one time, she said, it just seems like you don't care what anybody thinks of you. And, and <laughs> I walked away from that and I came back and I said, because I think she wasn't thinking well of me at the time. I mean, that may have been really going on. That sounds like a compliment to me, but it all depends on the context. <laughs> well, well, that's right. But I did want to set up the context, so at least it sounds, you know, at least it's probably more accurate. But what I finally came back to her and said was, it's not that I don't care what anybody thinks. I care very deeply what about five or six people in the world think. And what they think matters so, so intensely to me. Um, that I call that I run these things by them, and then with their approval and their affirmation, and if I get their cheer, I'm I'm I'm, I'm good. Um, and so it was it was in that time that I sort of relied on those people. But the the thing I was going to say was fascinating was, and I and I I'm sure there are a lot of exceptions, but I would say you ask any through hiker, and they'll tell you there's this hour of the doldrums in the afternoon where you just think you just got to grind through it. Um, Georgie and I would call it cry 30, um, <laughs> because every day for about an hour and a half, she would cry. Um, and I just an say hour and a half, like it got down to 30 minutes. I don't believe that. It, it, got, it got down to 30 minutes. That's true. After a long time. But, That's you know. true. So, so, but for a few weeks walking with Georgie, I watched her experience some of the same things that I had in preparation for the trip where you know a second win is coming. You just have to have to live through it to get to the other side. So I don't know. It was a cool. It was a, it was a really neat experience because I, I definitely had the feeling that I was putting myself out there into the unknown. Um, so did you did you as parents get any criticism from other parents saying what are you doing to your kids? Uh, Monica, you remember some, don't you? I I don't really remember much. I don't know if I got direct criticism like you know you're doing the wrong thing you know you're hurting your children but you know people give you the oh really okay <laughs> you can read between the lines <laughs> for sure <laughs> yeah um you know i i could tell a lot of people thought it was absolutely nuts um but a lot of people didn't and you know you know it, it is i said i said vince doesn't care about what other people think it is probably in contrast to myself, <laughs> to me, because I tend to care too much what people think. So that was, it was a good, um, it's been a good exercise, the whole thing, just being hikers or backpackers and, and doing like doing that trip 
was a good exercise in, you know, what what do I think we should be doing? You know, what do I think is good for our kids and and what do I want our lives to look like? But um I I, I didn't really get any direct criticism, no. I mean it just was a lot of like, you know, wide eyes and <laughs> Well, you know what, you know what too, um, Mason, during that time, the Crawfords were hiking the Appalachian Trail. That's that family of eight. Yes, um, and so yeah. we were just watching along and going, what on earth? And then they received a, an enormous amount of criticism mm-hmm. as they went. And so even though we weren't hearing it or feeling it, we were just sort of like bracing, bracing for some of that, maybe more than we actually received. Um, so no one ever said you know, you guys are abusing your children, but, but, you know, we sort of watched from the side and sort of braced for the potential for that, um, in watching their experience. Cause I think they had like DCF called on them a couple of times or something like that. So wow. we were a little about it. But. Yeah. And, and to be clear, you know, it, uh, personally, I think it's just awesome. I'd love to do this with my family at some point And, but I, I even even personally doing my own adventures, I've had people be very frank, saying this is this is irresponsible, this is not rational, and it's and it's you know you kind of take offense, like what are you talking about? You don't know the work or the time I put into this or or the relationship we have, and it's uh, it, it's just interesting to hear you know some people have that kind of confidence to to come up to you and, and tell you how they feel, <laughs> but you know and, and and it can definitely make you think, you know, lay in bed that night and say, are they right? But um, you know, for the fact that you guys just, just did this is just so impressive to me. And I'm, I'm just so happy to be, to be talking to you. So getting out the door, was, was that difficult and getting on the trail? What, what, what did it feel like to get on that first mile? Each of you, I'd love for you to just share what it felt like to just step on the trail. Uh, okay, sure. Uh, well, we got out of the, out of the van and it was, cold and it was starting to snow and rain <laughs> and we just kind of looked at each other and we were like what are we doing oh but gosh. then we were also so excited i just remember being so so excited just like this is for real and i can and i went out there with the with the attitude of well if i'm gonna do this i want to finish it i don't want to just do a section and Heck have yeah. to give up or something i was i was convinced that we had to do it all the way through so there was a sense of like determination and like a like super excited because this is where I was going to be for the next however long it took us and that's really just how how I chose to look at it yeah I was I I definitely thought I mean getting out with it snowing I mean just people from Florida that are scared of the snow levels you know going yeah. up like, you like you should be in Disney World right now yeah I mean I, I was oh goodness what have we done but um yeah it was it just felt other like like surreal like I couldn't believe we were actually there and then you you see this landscape of the Cascades (laughs) I mean it was just so so beautiful and I think the first was it the first day you guys that we saw this like complete well, not complete, but the half rainbow yes. just all the way stretched across the sky, across the mountains, and it was just like 
it was just amazing. Somewhere there's a picture of Georgie, and behind her is like a full like that. That rainbow was so bright and vivid. It was just like a whoa, that is so cool. Yeah. And the cool part was that we were like up on a ridge, and we were looking down into a valley, and there were clouds above us, and then below there was just this rainbow out of the middle of nowhere, and it was so cool to see that. It was pretty magical. The first, I think that was the first day. Mhm. So. Um. I had never seen snow before, or Ginny and I had never seen snow before. <laughs> so we got out of the van, and then it started, like, I don't know, snowing, but it was wet. <laughs> and so um, I just remember being excited to do it, and, like, excited that our our my uncle and my cousin were with us, and also a little bit confused as to what we were doing. <laughs> but um, get, get used to that. Yeah, I really, yeah, yeah. I just really, I just, I didn't know what to expect at all, and so it's just really fun doing that. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I was, I was in a flurry, running around trying to help everybody get their stuff packed, and then thinking, wait, we got to keep our stuff dry because there is like. We're here on our own. And I was remember, I think the thing I remember most significantly was feeling like it was so remote because you ride, you know, we drove up a very long dirt road uh, to a pass. This really nice man named John Smith drove us uh, to the top of this, the, the pass, Hearts Pass there. But you're 30 miles, then you got to turn and come 30 miles back. Then you got to go 20 miles further past that to get to your first stop. So you're, you know, you're 60, 20, well, I guess even a little more than that, but you're nearly a hundred miles from your first stop. So it just felt so remote. Um, so even all our hikes in North Carolina, the furthest we'd been from uh, amenities or a road or something was 10 miles. And it just had a feeling of being so, so distant from all that. And I can remember having this sort of compulsion to pretend we were... <laughs> We, we knew what we were doing and we were a little more savvy than we were because there, there were all these hikers up at the at the fire sitting around the fire and just just talking and and they had already gone and touched the border and come back so we were like they, they're gods like we're in the presence of God who are we who are we who are we kidding what are we doing and i remember monica started laughing and she's like do you think we should pray and i was like a whole lot i don't know like, yeah, we are like, in trouble like, here do not stop until we get to Mexico. <laughs> it was really it was fascinating and it was fun and funny that two of my kids saw snow for the first time i remember uh, being really like just like this is so fun so that was exciting. We were all excited, I think. Wow. So, you know, how long, in your opinion, did it take to get the get in the groove of things? I'm sure there was a lot of, um, you know, adjustments and pains at the beginning of like, oh, my gosh, we're really carrying all this weight on our back through this through this landscape, through this terrain. And there's got to be a routine that eventually starts creeping up. What do you, what do you think, Monica? I don't. I don't when know. It like it, we were used to it. Well, I'm trying to think because you know, about two weeks in was when everything started hurting on me. <laughs> like I was okay until about two weeks in. I was a little bit opposite of what might expect. Um, I mean, as far as our schedule, 
it seems like we got kind of in the we, we kind of were on the schedule right away were we not well I, yeah I, I think we got some routines down fairly fairly quickly but the soreness just sort of sits on you for a few weeks and one of the nice mm-hmm. things was i guess i had read a lot uh about you know, read a lot and, and chatted with a lot, uh, you know, so there were some really great people that would communicate with us early. Um, either I met them in chat, you know, in those Facebook groups or things like that. And they were very communicative and helpful. One thing they all said was, uh, it takes three weeks. It takes three weeks to get your legs under you. And for some reason, you know, it's just so true. Your feet are just sore and you go to bed sore and you wake up sore. Um, and then one day you don't. Um, but I can, I can kind of remember, um, for me, we walked to, we came into Stahican and we felt like, holy cow, we did this. I cannot believe we did this. Then we made it to Stevens Pass or Snoqualmie. And I oh, still yeah. sort of felt a little horrible. Uh, but then maybe after that next section, cause that next section is a big, uh, a big deal. Um, and we walked uh, over 100 miles and we left after some hikers that we knew were very strong hikers. And we just kept saying to ourselves, we'd, we'd meet a group of hikers and we were slower than everybody. And we'd be like, well, we'll never see them again. That's the last we'll see of them. <laughs> uh, but, but there was this particular group of hikers and they called themselves the Royal Family. And two, two of them in particular were Columbus and Blue Bear uh, that the kids just absolutely loved. And we'd run into them bare, you know, briefly in, in, um, in, St- in, uh, Stevens pass. Um, and then we caught them in Snoqualmie again and we walked into town and they were just like, they just, you know, they just cheered and they were like, you made it. I can't believe you caught us. And it was just this real fun feeling of, I think we're, I think we're hikers now. I think, <laughs> I think we do now, <laughs> but I remember that feeling for me was kind of, in those sections when we'd sort of uh, conquered some of the more difficult um, pieces of it and, and our feet were not less, you would go to bed, you'd go to bed and wake up sore for the first couple weeks. And then after about three, you'd go to bed sore at the end of the day, but you'd wake up feeling refreshed and ready to go again. And it was a weird switch um, for me. I think that was true. Was that true for you, Aiden? Um, the switch? Yeah, where you just sort of started to feel like you'd wake up ready to go. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it it was very gradual. And there were always mornings where I would wake up and roll over and not feel like getting up. But but it, it became more and more comfortable to do that, I guess. And, um, especially as, as, when, once we realized, well, once Dad realized that he had done his math wrong and we actually needed more miles than we were <laughs> currently doing, I realized that it would probably be helpful if being the oldest kid if I could help get everybody moving. Because Mom's not very good at getting up either. <laughs> wow, throwing Mom it, under the bus. Oh, I it, it so was bad. good. It I'm was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I think I took the longest to get ready. I mean, I just. I you you would have to wake I would say wake me up about an hour and a half before you want to actually start walking because it would oh, just man. take me so I would just like sit up I'd want to I'd want to lay there first like wake up you know lay there then sit up sit up for about five 
10 minutes. Just kind of <laughs> just kind of <laughs> sit there, huh? <laughs> Gradual wake up. <laughs> oh it was bad. God. It was really embarrassing. And Henry, I'm hoping I get better at that this time. But Henry was brilliant. He had this strategy where he would wait until he saw mom putting on her backpack and then he would get out of his sleeping bag and, then... and get up and go. <laughs> and he... Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh man! And I really wanted to adopt that strategy, but if I didn't move, then nobody else would move. So, <laughs> hey, I, I'm sure. Gosh, I'm not kidding. You guys got an education that the world doesn't even comprehend today. It's it's unbelievable. That's so awesome. So awesome to hear. Now you know. Gosh, time is just flying, guys. I I, I could talk to you forever. I'm sure. Can can you share, you know, maybe each of you just share an experience or a day, maybe it was a moment or in, a, in an area that just is really, really memorable to you, and maybe it's the first thing you think about when uh, when you think about the experience, or maybe it was a person you met, I don't know. I'd love for y'all to share something like that. Uh, well, I one. Yeah, go ahead. Yours, Georgie has one, Aiden. Mine is after the snow on Mere Pass and your well, not stuck, but we were camping or sleeping in a mirror hut and that was supposedly watertight, but um, all of the the body warmth in there just heated it up and all the snow came dripping through. And then um, I just remember waking up in the morning and feeling better because there was a sun that was visible. And then we got to hike and go see all the snow that was surrounding the place, and that was just really fun. And we got to do it with So Good. It was one of the hikers that we met. It was really fun. So, yeah, that was wow. mine. Some sunlight come to brighten your day. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's well, a great one. The, the, the setup that Georgia didn't give you was that okay, we, walked, <laughs> we walked through a day of rain that was between 30 and 40 degrees. And we crossed over the top of a couple of passes in the Sierras. And we did that in the rain. Um, and we went to bed in the rain. And uh, there was several, there was a little bit of crying here and there. And I, I had soaked down and soaked, soaked down sleeping bag and soaked down uh, uh, jacket. And so I had to sleep in between Monica and Henry to stay, to stay warm. Uh, that was the day of rain. And then it snowed all day the next day. And so we walked in the snow all day long um, after being wet the day before. And so it was a fairly miserable experience. So what Georgie's describing is walking into the mere hut, sort of hoping that that would be this <laughs> oasis and protection and dry place. But the condensation from the, you know, from the body heat that, that that created just dripped on us all night long. So we were soaked the whole night again. But we woke in the morning and it was beautiful and sunny. And it was against that snow. So it just felt like we, we beat it. it. The clouds opened and we made it through. So I think that's the experience she's describing. That, that was what I meant to say. <laughs> uh, was, I, I, could, I could picture it. I could picture exactly what you were talking about. Been there before. and now That sun can come out and bring a tear to your eye. Oh, I have a story. Uh, I can't remember where exactly we were. Um, but... I, I remember I was walking along and I had my pink headphones in and I was going uphill at a pretty steady pace and I was more or less alone. I, I could see Georgie if I waited a few minutes and she would catch up to me, but Henry was ahead of me. And so I had my headphones in and I was listening to a book and 
I look up and I see this like golden brown like spot. And I thought, oh, it's just the back of Henry's head because he has, you know, dirty blonde hair. And and I thought for sure it was Henry Ted. And then I look again and I realize it's a bear's face. <laughs> it, wow. It, Henry must be looking rough. Snout- <laughs> exactly right. So a, a bear's face, really? It was a black bear, I think. But it was just, it was standing on the trail, kind of looking around. Like, it, it didn't see me. And, and I was probably like, oh gosh, probably like 30, 40 feet away from it. And we were just face to face. And when he noticed me, he stopped and he just got rigid for a second. And then he took off up the trail, the direction I was headed. And I realized, oh, crap, Henry's <laughs> up the trail. And so I probably did the dumbest thing you could possibly do. And I ran after the bear yelling, Henry, look out, look out. Like, you're going to get hit by a bear. I thought for sure I would come across Henry, like, trucked with this, like, just dead and torn to, torn to pieces by this big old bear. And that, and But fortunately, Henry had gone around a, a uh, switchback in the trail, and the bear had gone off the trail. I, l- I looked at its tracks, and after that, I just stopped and sat down because that was too much. <laughs> oh my gosh! So, so after, yeah, I mean that that was really an, a hard experience for you, just thinking the danger or what could happen. Yeah, oh, it was man. it was kind of mind blowing, but I was really glad that nothing bad had happened, and it was really cool. I have the coolest bear story. That is an awesome story. <laughs> not, <gonna lie>. <laughs> <laughs> not to brag, but Georgie didn't see a bear the entire trip. Oh, it's no. not. It's okay. It, yeah. It's actually not. But. <laughs> so, how about you, parents? What? What was there? Is there a time that you thought this this was the right decision? This is this is unbelievable. I definitely thought that many many times. I would kind of. Yeah, I would tear up sometimes just like that we were out there together. And um, but I think so. I think that was confirmed kind of kind of the whole time for me. But um, I think what stands out for me is the visits we got from family and friends on the trail, like people like my uh, my parents and my sister flew out my birthday and Aiden's birthday are like seven days apart. And they flew out to Tehachapi when we were there. Um, and we actually got really sick in Tehachapi and ended up staying there about like took like three zeros there. So it was a long stay, but they, they flew in and surprised us and hiked with us a little bit. Like the next day once we were well and my sister spent the night out with us and it was like, you know, she she was like, what is this cowboy camping? I want to try cowboy camping. (laughs) Oh, and I had been too scared to sleep out sleep out I just didn't like the idea of cowboy camping I wanted like my little you know illusion of safety around me with the tent but um so we I camped out with her Aiden she and Aiden and I like sat up laughing a lot into the night and it was just it was just so fun to have people come and visit us I mean you just we felt super I can imagine it just lifted your spirits so much it really did yeah it's about you for me, it's uh, for me. It was a little bit near the same time. So you know, um, on that southbound push, and Aiden alluded to my bad math. So what I had mm. done was calculated, uh, calculated the timing to the Sierra, not through the Sierra. And so I 
have a friend back home who's more of the administrative genius, and he texts me and he says, this is somewhere in Portland, he says, hey, you need to pick up your pace to about 22 miles a day on average. That includes the rest days, so we needed to walk 26 miles a day to make it through. And so we really had to bust it all the way to the Sierras. So, you know, we've made it through Washington. We feel very accomplished, but then we had to pick up the pace to sort of beat the winter into and out of the Sierras. And so the kids just pushed and pushed and pushed. And, you know, we woke up and did long, long days. When we walked, we walked at least 26 miles a day. And it was, it was really grueling for a long time uh, and not easy. Um, And I can remember coming through the Sierra, which was a very difficult sort of passage for us. Um, uh, We just had some weather and we had a lot of cold and we had some just some some tough and frustrating uh, uh um it was just a heavy effort to get through this year for us and i can remember coming out the other side um down into south kennedy meadows which is sort of just like it's that that sense of you've made it and now all you had to do is walk home remember that next section that next 130 miles think to to tehachapi thinking we've done it like we've we've really done it, um, and I was walking behind Georgie one day, and this is just really stands out to me. I was walking behind Georgie one day, and thinking about that, and thinking about all she'd been through. She had the wrong shoes at first, and her feet were sore for about three hundred miles until um, we got it figured out. Um, and she'd carried a backpack that was rubbing her lower back and she had to walk with a, you know, this is my 11 year old at the time daughter I had to walk with a rash for two weeks. And all I could say to her was, um, you just, you just have to go. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. We just have to, you have to fight through it. And so I'm walking with her in that 130 mile stretch. That's got that feeling of you've made it. And she started to cry and she said, it's back again, dad. I, the cry 30, is coming back and she looked at me and she said what do you do when you begin to feel despair coming on and i thought my gosh this is all Lord. <laughs> my my 11 year old just looked at me and said how do i do battle with despair when it's coming at me um and i said i i don't know i don't know what to tell you but you know you've done it before and you know you can make it and you know she walked and cried for a, for a good long while and then got a second wind and I just I just walked behind her and I was crying myself thinking about you know thinking about the next fall standing on the headline the soccer game watching my 11 year old who lived through all these things and thinking she'll, she'll just never be the same <laughs> wow yeah that's uh, that's powerful stuff y'all I I'm I'm honestly just blown away that, yeah, you're standing there in central Florida at the soccer game and you're all just looking at each other like you have this big secret that you can't tell. Like you're all superheroes and you're in disguise, <laughs> but, and you all know it, but you can't, you don't really have the ability to tell anyone everything you've just been through. And it's kind of cool. <laughs> it's kind of cool to have that between you yourselves. I'll tell you this, this is really funny. Uh this is really funny. I have I have a couple of uncles that have always been my heroes. One is six nine and he's bigger than life. <laughs> and the other one was this one that just just you know just changed the world for me. Actually his son, I think, went to school with you. 
um, around the same time, but he passed away this year and it was just, it was just, he left this, he leaves this huge hole because I told you there's only five people whose word matters to me and he's one of them. But we were at his funeral and my giant uncle, the six, nine one calls me over. He's talking to this family and he says, Hey, Hey, Hey. And he gets me over there and he looks at all of them. He says, Hey, have any of you guys done something no one else in the world has done? Because we didn't, we didn't find out that no family this large had, had walked the trail until, till we'd done it until we walked into Kennedy Meadows. We had no idea. Well, he says, he says to this family, do you, has any of you ever done something no one's ever done? He said, my nephew has done something no one's ever done, but he's a joke in his hometown. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So we're not quite, we're only superheroes in our own mind. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess in a pretty small subculture, yeah. To everyone else, you're probably just totally crazy. But uh, <laughs> but no, to, to folks like me and the folks that listen to this show, I mean, it's just they're going to be telling their family when they when they're at dinner tonight. You will not believe the story I heard on Adventure Sports Podcast today. <laughs> but you know, guys, I, I, this is just this is awesome, and um. I'd love to know. I hate to just blow. I know that you probably never get to really tell people what that, you know, 2,600 miles was like really in depth. You know, people say, how was your trip? And really all you could say is uh, good. And, you know, people at school for you guys, how was your trip? You know, you can't really get into it, really tell them what it felt like. But I would love to hear from you. The tr- you, you finished the trip and, and what, what was the coming home like what was that readjustment was it just like seeing it in a totally different light you was it difficult for you how how was that as a family and and individually i would i think it was very difficult um adjustment because we were all you know it was it was we were kind of on a high you know we had finished and we felt really good about it and um and, and, you know, you just get used to moving at a pace that is so different than, you know, normal society. And so, you know, I just remember feeling so overwhelmed in public spaces, <laughs> and um, you know, just driving back into a town. I think we were maybe going into Denver because we went from San Diego. We met some friends. I think driving into San Diego was like this, too. And But going into Denver also just so many like the billboards and the lights it just was it was like a little bit overwhelming the pace was so different Mm -hmm. and then coming home was I mean we we had this goal and um we shared it shared a goal and you know did it together and we fulfilled our goal but then you kind of feel like what's our goal now like what's my goal (laughs) so I, I think it was it was difficult for me to just readjust and settle in and I think that's fairly common but um it was definitely a tough time it was also weird coming back in november because everybody had like just started school so we didn't really see people as much as i expected to really because it was kind of like a oh yeah that's cool you disappeared for four months and you came back and you're still in one piece good job you know it wasn't this huge welcoming homecoming thing that i had kind of i guess i just kind of had expected because that's maybe what I would have done for someone, but it was, it was really interesting to come back and talk to people and just realizing that I could not put into words 
what I had just experienced. Because, you know, they would ask, like, the cursory questions, like, have you, did you see any wildlife? Did you, were you ever, like, so tired you felt like you couldn't keep going? You know, like, it was just, like, questions that I felt like, wow, I really don't know how to explain this. I really don't know how to communicate how much this actually affected us and affected me. Well, in the context, it have <laughs> made it a little yeah. difficult to talk about it, which I think is really common experience for people coming back from through hikes but yeah it wasn't it was a little rough you know i, I i'm from that area like i said and i i don't know it on the scale you guys do but i'd go do things um and come back and i mean you you saying the pacific crest trail was probably the first time a lot of people around you would ever even heard those words together much less what it is and so I'm sure that it was very isolating, uh, but you had each other, and you, you know it's like you walked out of this movie theater, out of this incredible movie, and you walk back out into the sun. You got to find your car, and you know remember yeah. to pay yeah. your bills, and remember to do all this and all this stuff you probably hadn't had to think about for months and months. All just comes flooding back in, in an instant. It's I've got it got to be bizarre. So how long was it before you guys said? We got to do another one. <laughs> I should take the blame. Okay. I should probably take the blame for that. Yeah. My my movement back into life was probably more difficult, partly because I did more reflecting. I did more um, sort of writing my way back through it and working on videos and editing and mostly just walking around in a fog and trying to figure out what it was that that I'd experienced. And I, and I, I told Monica at one point when she was particularly frustrated with my uh, sort of lack of clarity and vision, at least that's the way I interpreted her question. Um, I just, I, I said, I feel like what's happened is I've climbed into the attic of my creativity and somebody, it's all there. I know it's there under the pile of all this dust, but somebody's turned on a commercial fan and I don't know, I don't know what's going to come out of it, but I just need to wait. And, and see what it is it's just kind of the weird the feeling that i had um and so i think coming out of it there were a couple things that i would say were central for me in the experience and it was that i like a light backpack or traveling light or not having excessive things and stuff that sort of slows me down um you you would think i i would not be a fan of having four kids by saying that but i really love that part too um <laughs> but i like the light backpack i love a vision a clear clear vision and the other thing that i ended up finding i think to be true about myself and i just say it's sort of identity search sort of stuff is that i think i'm more of a shepherd i like to to take care of the weakest ones and so i would find myself at the back of the pack and uh, and you're really only as fast as you're slowest in a group like that we were all bound to each other and so I just felt like it was my task to move the slowest forward. And so sort of thinking through what that looked like as we went forward with our lives um, was an, an interesting sort of quest. Um, and to be honest with you, uh, the idea for, the, for doing the Triple Crown, uh, as in moving on to the CDT and the AT, um, from that trip, didn't, it was just sort of nebulous and forming and all of these things. I think it was a joke. I it wasn't. Got, I think we got from the PCT, and you're like, "Hey guys, wouldn't it be funny if we did this?" Yeah, but I wasn't serious at that point. I'm talking about how it became serious. Initially, so, like a joke. Well, yes. Thank initially, you. it was a joke. You're right. 
But then one day, there's a family that did the PCT the year after we did. And they're a family with four kids, wonderful family, really kind. We'd gotten to send them a couple care packages. And they finished the PCT and they said, we're going to the Triple Crown to try the Triple Crown. And I was like, of course, that's what we're doing. That's exact. We're doing it too. Let's do it together. So we're kind of cheering for them. They're cheering for us. And I came in and you're not going to believe this. This is the most humiliating part of this story. My wife, who loves to teach well, cares deeply for homeschool. You might picture the homeschool where somebody plugs in a video and they watch it for an hour. That's not our homeschool. My wife is like committed to teaching them well. So she has worked for for three months since we've been home to prepare for the, you know, through the summer, she's ready to start a new school year under a new curriculum that they've started. And I walk in the door and say, Hey, let's leave and do the Appalachian trail in January and then do the CDT. I was going to do it in the opposite order. And I dropped it on her on her first day of homeschool. So I don't know how things work at your house, but it was, it was maybe not the best presentation. That's, that's so. about how I approach things as well. I get this grand well, idea, and about 30 seconds into it, I, I, I spit it out to my wife, and she's just like, have you, have you thought about this for more than 30 seconds? And I'm like, no. <laughs> no, I literally just thought about it, and I said it on my second thought about it. No, I absolutely understand, and, and I can bet I can definitely visualize the, the aftermath and just – what are you talking about <laughs> that came after that? Yeah, <laughs> there, were, there were bodies laying around. And, and <laughs> honestly, it was exciting. Like, again, I've, I've said, I said this earlier about, about we, we, we recognize, like we are part of a really fun community of people here um, at, our, at our church. And they're just kind people. And so Monica and I were just at odds about this thing. She loves it. She loves being out, outside. She loves doing it. She loves hiking. And we just kind of couldn't find, we couldn't get sorted on it um, as far as a vision for our family. And we went to my uncle, the six, nine uncle, and we sat with him and we said, we just, we can't get this sorted. And he said, it's okay. You have a vision and you have a, a, a vision for your family. And she has a vision and you got, you're in conflict and you got to get it sorted. Why don't you get five couples around you and ask them to help you walk through it? Um, and that's what we did. We we called five of our we called five couples who were friends, and they agreed to meet with us and and talk with us and and think it through and and pray with us and sit with us and 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 it was just it was a big wrestle on the way to a conclusion to continue the triple crown because on the one hand it's an enormously first world problem. Like it's like, uh, my wife's appreciate this. When I said, let's do the CDT, she said, it feels self-indulgent to, and I thought, how many, how many, like how lucky am I that my wife would say, you're going to take me to live in a tent for a year. Um, <laughs> and it feels self-indulgent. I mean, how cool is that? Right. On yeah. the one hand, uh, and on the, and on the, on the one hand, it's a first world problem. On the other hand, our children are important. Their education is important. All these questions are genuinely important and they're worth considering. And so it was fun to have friends that were significant enough in our lives and cared enough about us that they would sit with us and help us think it through. So, Yeah, that's an unbelievable you know, amount of support. And I don't know, I don't think I've ever done something like that. I don't know anyone that has made a decision like that. And that's, that's very interesting. 
Is it weird to think you may be better? You probably you're probably better at making decisions. We're just really bad at it. <laughs> no, I I can promise you right now, I am not very good at that stuff. But yeah, I mean, you know, that's it. It does seem like very. You know, you know, it is weird. Not many people do two out of three. A lot of people do one out of three of the trails. But usually if you've done one and you're thinking about doing another, you, you, you end up wanting to do the Triple Crown. Is it weird for you to think you're a third of the way through all your adventures together? Well, you know, potentially you might be go beyond the Triple Crown if you enjoy it that much. But the Triple Crown itself, you're, you're a third of the way through. Is that, is that strange? It's pretty daunting to think that all that we went through on the PCT is a third of the way through. Um, I don't know. All I remember really is the really good times. So, so I'm just really looking forward to it. I remember. It sounds so glorious out there, for lack of a better word. Um, it just is, you know, so amazing to be out there that I'm so looking forward to that. I mean, yes, only having been a third of the way through that is is pretty awesome to think about. I just think it's cool because I feel like a lot of my life has been a lot of like blind trust in my parents. So, so to, to have them tell me that I'm about to do the triple crown is just like, well, okay, let's let's get started then. <laughs> wow, just to be, yeah, it's just it's just so amazing. All all six of you, how you have just different views of, of why and, and, and what it's going to be and what, it, you know, the, all your concerns going into it. And just, I'm, I'm sure you hear it over and over again. It just sounds like a movie. It sounds like just an amazing, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if there's any better way to spend your life, honestly, and spend your time with, with, with your kids. I, I hope that my family's fortunate enough to, to attempt something like this. And when do you plan to leave this year uh, for the Continental Divide Trail? We'll go, uh, our daughter, June, um, our daughter, June, she's our, se- our second, uh, she loves horses and it's her thing. And last year, well, the first, when we walked to PCD, we walked through an old, uh, we walked through Aetna and a friend of mine works at our, at a camp there and he invited us, uh, to come back out last summer. So we went out and she did the horse program out there and loved it. Um, so we're, we're committed to going to that horse program first and that's in June, June 9th and I believe it's the 22nd. So we'll head from there, uh, assuming the snow levels are low enough to begin, we'll head from there and begin either on the high route or chief mountain, whichever is, is passable at that time. So we'll start end of June is when we'll start. Glacier. And Glacier starting north. Going south. That's right. Yep. North goes south. We, we 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 fell in love with the southbound direction. We just just loved the experience of it on the Pacific Crest Trail. We sort of see the CDT as sort of that. I mean, that one will be so remote, so difficult. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's sort of like the last. I mean, it's just sort of silly. Like when you consider the, the odds of pulling it off, it just seems. So unlikely, but but assuming we're able to pull off the CDT, it feels like the AT will be more of a party. You know, like we just kind of we'll walk north with the crowds. You know, we'll walk into towns, and so I don't know. It's sort of a fun way to do it. I feel like we're doing it backward. 
Um, yeah, but I kind of like it. Yeah, you, I mean, you know, I don't. I'm not. I haven't done them. I've done pieces of all of them. Um, but yeah, a lot of people start with the AT, of course, and and, and do it PCT or CDT last, just because it is you know the more remote one. But I, I, I'm a firm believer in kind of what y'all's mindset is already. Just you got your stuff. You got the want to just get out there and start walking and, and you can put it together. You can piece this together and uh, make it happen in, in one foot in front of the other, one mile after the other. And, and the next thing you know, you're, you're in Mexico. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you this. One of the, one of the coolest things I thought was um, one of our friends pulled the kids together while we were sort of debating whether or not we we're going to go. And she said, tell me guys what you loved about the PCT, what you hated what you're looking forward to about the CDT if you go and what you are anxious about or nervous about. And the thing that my daughter, my second daughter, June was most looking forward to was she said, or she said, I'm excited to get to have all of us. This is the last time we'll all of us get to spend this much time together before Aiden's gone. And it's just sort of a cool thing. Like this is really in terms of us being a family this is really it. You know, Aiden's going to go off to college after that, after that, and we won't be us. We'll be us without Aiden. Um, and so it's a really, it was a cool insight from her. And it really is sort of, it just feels like we're celebrating us in some way and, and in a really unique and fun way. So. Absolutely. Now, how can, uh, how can folks follow along? I, I assume there's going to be a lot of people that want to, want to follow this one. Yeah, we have, we have, uh, what's that, Monica? I said, you're the social media guy. You got to fill in on all that. I would love, you know, like we, we, we've done such a good job of keeping our kids from technology, like from being overwhelmed by it, that they're, they're inept. So I'm actually in charge of all of it, Um, which is bad (laughs) to have somebody in their 40s social media. But anyway, we do have and and my wife, who everybody wants to hear from, doesn't want anything to do with it. But um, we are at Strawbridge Tracks uh, on Instagram and on YouTube and on Facebook. So it can be found at Strawbridge Tracks on all of those things. And one thing that's that's really going to be fun this time, uh, potentially, is that we've got a uh, local college, uh, Florida Southern. Actually, the film department is dedicating an intern the trip is going to be we'll be mailing back raw footage and they'll put together vlogs as we go uh, from the trip on our YouTube channel. Which is scary to put the editing capacity of somebody, you know, of, of that much footage in somebody's hands. They could make you look any, any way they want to. I was telling somebody the other day uh, they said, oh, your family's so amazing. And I said, no, we're not. Um, and people thought we were amazing. But I would say to them, you should have seen us a mile back. It was it was World War Three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the power of editing. Trust me, I, I've made some some goofballs sound pretty good on this show. Uh, <laughs> cut, cutting oh, some a, pretty awful opinions out. <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard I've heard a guy. What's that? I said the best of luck to you with us. <laughs> oh no, you guys are great. I've I've had some pretty. Pretty opinionated folks that I said, I cannot release this to the world. Let me cut that whole five minutes out and make sure they don't ruin their career. <laughs> so um, I don't know if they were drinking or what, but. Oh, that's funny. That is but, very generous of you. I know, that is. 
Well, you know, I, I don't, I don't want anyone to think I'm, uh, you know, condoning anything either, but, uh, so it's, 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 it goes around, but yeah, I just really appreciate y'all joining and taking time out of your busy lives and out of all the planning and being so late on the East coast. And, um, but I just wanted to say, you know, this is just so fantastic and I cannot wait to share the story. Oh, thank you. Uh, you know, one of the central this is that we're very excited about it because uh, we do think that it is good. Um, it's good for families to experience some of that type two fun, which includes the suffering, includes the intensity of that kind of experience, but also you're exposed to that level of beauty together. So if there really is a way, not, not that, not that we're amazing role models or inspirational in terms of who we are, but this thing that we're, we're getting to do really can have value for families. And it would be fun to have that be um, an influence in somebody's experience of their life as a family where they said, holy cow, you know, if that family can walk, um, if that family can walk another 3000 miles, we can go out for three nights and spend that time together. So. Absolutely. Georgie, Aiden, Monica, and Vince, I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, y'all have a great night, and we will absolutely be following along. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Right. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. All, right. All, right. All, right. All right. Good night. Good night. Right. Bye. First of all, thank you so much for listening. It means the world to us that you choose to listen to this show. If you'd like to help us further, you can leave a review on iTunes, share us with your friends, your family. It goes a long way to grow in the show. You can also support us financially through patreon.com slash adventure sports podcast. Link is in the show notes. And also, if you have an idea of who could be a good guest for the show, we're always looking for people to tell their story uh, about the outdoors or adventure. So if you know someone, please reach out. Email us at info at adventuresportspodcast.com. And until then, get out there and have some fun.